Hey, I'm Tato Katlanya. Welcome to Life with Tato, the podcast. I believe life is about transcending to the highest expression of yourself. Reaching the state of self-mastery takes listening to conversations with unfiltered wisdom and then going to do the work. Your journey to deepening your understanding of self begins today. If you've ever had a time in your life where you start things and not finish them and have to go back and start all over again and repeat that process, this is definitely an episode for you. I think this download for this week is one that focuses really on the critical stages of what it means to go back and try again, what it means to go back and just, you know, calm down and put your head down and focus and just get that sense of believing in yourself again to do something in your life and and knowing that the destiny is at hand but it's going to take discipline for you to get there and not to disqualify yourself it's definitely one for the books make some notes and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this I think it is important to go back down memory lane for this download. I remember in 2011, I think it was in August, I was sitting on the edge of my chair about to watch the 100 meter final at the World Championships in Athletics. And essentially we were watching some of the world's fastest men about to race one another. And on the lineup, you had the likes of Usain Bolt. You had the likes of Johan Blake. And I remember being a Usain Bolt fan, not thinking about any other odds of him losing or him not racing or him not participating. All I had in mind at the time was... He was about to defend his 100 meter uh, final gold medal. And in fact, I knew he would win. But the question on my mind was, how fast would he go? I knew from the time that he was in fact in preparation and the process leading up to the race that he was running and he was in better shape than ever before. And so what I knew, what I knew at that when he was standing at the starting line, what I knew is that Usain Bolt had done each and every single thing in his power to be able to successfully defend his 100 meter title. And in fact, as, as, as a fan, I was so confident that you couldn't have told me what, what, what was about to happen next is in fact what would go down in history as what happened. The unimaginable thing happened. Usain Bolt got disqualified at the 100 meter race final at which he was supposed to defend his title and lost the race before he even began. You see, the false start rule in athletics is probably 
the cruelest, the most cruel rule in not just Olympic sports, but in fact in all sports. And in 2011, I remember my brother is in fact someone who enjoyed athletics growing up. And so that's how I got into it. And I remember growing up, I was always aware of the false start rule. And in fact, the old rule meant that you could be at the starting line and if you if you had a false start the first time you'd be given a warning and the second time you had a false start only then would you be disqualified and so the new rule of false starts came into effect in 2011 as a result of the IAAF realizing that there were a lot of runners who probably weren't going to be in the top three who would essentially create false starts as a way to distract the mindset of those who were actually geared to win. And so what you what started happening in athletics is that you had runners committing false starts as a way of disrupting those who are focused and those who are actually in the race to win. And so the new rule was introduced as a way to cut those down. And so what was seen, in fact, was an improvement in the number of false starts. And so what that meant was there was a higher quality of runners or ethics in, in the runners at the starting lineup. Because in 2007, for example, there were 25 false starts that were recorded at the World Championships, as opposed to in 2011, when the new rule was actually implemented, there were only 10 false starts. So comparing 2007, where there was 25 false starts to 2011, where there's 10 false starts, you can see there's there's almost even a 50% reduction in how many uh, runners were, were attempting false starts. And so when that happened to Usain Bolt, for me, it was a devastating time because it did not matter how much preparation he had gone through. It does not matter the process that he had gone through to, in fact, stand at the starting lineup and then commit something such as a false start. A false start is something that is so frustrating because you could be marked as someone who is probably going to win the same way you think Bald was. There could be a promise over your life around what is about to happen in the race you're about to run. But a false start means that you walk away from the race without even having the opportunity to actually get into the race. So in fact, the race ends before it even began. And so disqualification happens or disqualification is only possible if you don't have the discipline to listen. And so because you move from the starting line before everyone else, you are disqualified because you're thought of as having an unfair advantage at the starting point than everyone else. And so you are not allowed to race because you could not start with everyone else, which is then thought of as an unfair advantage. And so it doesn't matter how much 
of a process you went through in training, what is also important is understanding that when we start in life, we all start at the same starting line. But it's important to listen as to when your race actually begins and for you to rise and and run the race when the gun sounds. So it speaks to the word of timing in your life. You see, when we go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 8, we in fact get introduced into the life of a young man called Samuel who was called by the Lord. And in fact, when we go back to how Samuel even came to be called by the Lord, we are taken back to his parents, Hannah and his father, Elkanah, who conceived Samuel out of a place of need because at the time, Hannah, his mother, was being ridiculed and in fact laughed at because her womb was closed up. And so in that tension, in that, in that time of need, Hannah, out of a need really, went and prayed at a place called Shiloh, which we will discuss at a later stage. So Hannah at this place called Shiloh, in fact, starts to pray in a way that had never even been seen before. And we are told that in her presence was a priest who was known as Eli. And Eli sees Hannah, who has been who is essentially praying in tongues and is is filled with the Holy Ghost. And we are told that Eli observed her mouth. And in fact, as Hannah was speaking, it was as if she was even drunk. And that is, in fact, one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. When it filled her up, it looked as if she was drunk. But in fact, it was the Holy Spirit that gave her the characteristic of being able to flow in the Spirit. And so sometimes people also don't understand the fact that the Holy Spirit works in in ways that are not understood by man. And so you have this priest, Eli, who observes Hannah praying for a child. And it's not just a prayer, but it's in fact a prayer that is backed up by a promise where she says, I am praying for a son and I promise you, Lord, that if you give me the son, that I will offer him up as a servant to you. And so what we see is a woman praying for a son who she's already saying will be a servant. And so Samuel is born into into a world where his mother had already predestined his destiny as someone who is to serve the Lord. And so when she weaned him off of, of, of breast milk, the first thing that she did was remember the promise that she gave the Lord. And she took the son, Samuel, up to a place called Shiloh once again and offered the son up to Eli, who would then be his mentor. Eli was the same priest that was in Hannah's presence when she was praying for the son. And so what we see, in fact, is the Bible's first form of adoption. So you see Hannah and Elkanah giving up Samuel for adoption to God, for God to then take him and parent him. And so the parent that is put into into a position of taking over custody is in fact Eli. 
And the household that Samuel is then adopted into is an interesting one because Eli, as a priest, we learn that he, in fact, has children and he has, in fact, sons of his own who have been blasphemous and haven't, in fact, been listening to the word of God and haven't been following the way of God, even though their father was a priest. And Eli, at the time, could not, did not chose, in fact, chose not to speak against his sons and tell them to, and bring them to order and, and advise them to no longer be out of the will of God. And so you see Samuel, who is a son born of a promise, getting into the presence of a household that has a lot of issues. And so as Eli grows, what we are told in the book of 1 Samuel is that Eli allowed Samuel to grow in the presence of God. And so what happens next is so interesting in that you see Eli growing in, in his in his um in his time as an elderly man his vision his eyesight starts deteriorating and so at the time we we're also told that in the book of first chap um first samuel chapter 3 in verse 1 we we're told that at the time there wasn't frequent vision so what you're seeing in fact is a time in which there were a lot of people that had no vision in the literal in this in the spiritual sense in that there was no vision of how people should be living but also in a sense that there were not a lot of um prophets and there were not a lot of people that could hear directly from god that were called by god that could share the word of god in a way that it is understood as vision and so what we start seeing is samuel is called at a time when Eli's vision and his eyesight is deteriorating and so that means that there was a gap that was created for him to step into the scene as a young man who God could speak through and whom God could communicate through as to what would happen and so what happens next is so is is interesting because we are then going to see what it looks like to have a false start in the Bible because we are told that Samuel was laying down in the house in another room and Eli, his adoptive parent, was lying down in another room and Samuel heard his name being called and so he got up and went to his, his adoptive father Eli to say, I have come, have you called me? Here I am. I'm your servant, have you called him? Have you called me? And Eli said, no, I did not call for you. Go back and lie down. And so he he was, I can imagine, thinking, I don't know what's happening with this old man. He keeps calling me, but he went back and lie down. And it happened again. He heard his name being called and he went to Eli and he asked him, here I am, you have called me. And again, Eli said to him, no, I do not call you. Go back and lie down. And the third time around, it happened, as you can imagine, he was, he was someone that was probably thinking, here we go again. This is the third time I'm being called. This old man keeps calling me. He pretends that, you know, we're playing some sort of game, but I'm going to go. And so you see Samuel getting up and going to Eli 
and then asking him, here I am, have you called him? And at this point, we then get into what was actually happening. Eli had the wisdom, because of the knowledge of God, to know or to perceive that in fact what was happening wasn't a, 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 just a game that Samuel was playing, but it, in fact it was his, the time of his calling. And so Eli said, go back, to, to, go back and lie down again. And when you hear that voice calling you again, know that it is the Lord and say, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And so it is the third time that he was called that it only came out that in fact God was calling him and so I want to take time to speak about the fact that here is a young man that had been in the presence of God for as long as he was even born and so even before you know he took a breath even before he he was formed in his mother's womb God had already spoken to him God had already ordained and called him to be a great uh, person in, in 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 the nation and so what we see is a person that is called being unable to discern that the time had come for him to answer the call and so there are a lot of people that are called but few are able to answer the call because they cannot have the dis they do not have the discernment to understand that it is God that is calling them and in fact what starts happening is that these people start having false starts you start having you know you start going you start the race and yet you have to go back because what you went for isn't actually what you were called to and so you you start running but you have to go back to the starting line and prepare again and so there is such a sense of being frustrated because here you are, you've been praying. Here you are, you've been in the presence of God, yet you just can't start. You just can't get your timing right. You can't just, you, you, you just can't get started already with the race. And there's this sense of frustration in this false start in this I've, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing I know I've, I've practiced for it I know I've gone through the preparation for it I know I have gone through the process of it but now that I'm at the starting line and I can see the promise of what I'm supposed to do in this race yet I am having a false start there comes a time in your life where you know you are called and you know you are destined for greatness, but there's the sense of you just can't get, you just can't get started. And so when you start looking around, it's frustrating because you can see next to you that there are other people that are also at the starting lineup. But for some reason, you just can't get your rhythm right. You can't get yourself to calm down and lie down and be able to calm yourself to a point where you can hear the gun go off and take off in a way that the rhythm allows you to be in the race in such a way that you actually end up winning. And so what happens to some believers is that they end up in the same position that Usain Bolt found himself in in 2011 where he was groomed and had a call over his life and he was mocked 
to be able to defend his 100 meter race his 100 meter um, uh, medal but he was in fact in a position where he was disqualified now we used to operate on the old rule where you would be allowed to have the first false start and, and be given a warning and then the second one only you would be disqualified and that was fine leading up to now but we live in a world now where we're living in the new rule where you once you have a false start it is done because you've gone through the process and the preparation of knowing what it is you need to do and so even though you are destined to be great you have this opportunity to run this race once. There aren't going to be any other uh, starts. There aren't going to be any warnings. This is it. This is the race you are going to run. And so when we get introduced to Samuel and the fact that there were three calls before he realized what was happening, it's important for us to actually note that the number three represents obviously the obvious, the meaning behind the Trinity. So obviously it represents um, God the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. But what if, if you dig deeper into that, you will then go and understand that you have Jesus whose ministry started when he was 30 and it lasted up until he was 33, the number three. You also will realize that Jesus was resurrected on the third day, the number three. And Peter, in fact, denied Jesus three times. There it is again, the number three. And we're even told that Jesus was in fact crucified at the third hour, the number three. And so there's so many instances of the number three in the Bible that teach us about divine wholeness and divine perfection and completedness. And in fact, it's also a number of covenant between God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so it is important for us to understand through Samuel why he was called three times. Because if you can understand that, you will know that in your own life, that the reason why you have been called and God has allowed you to in fact hear the call but you keep having false starts is so that you can have a preparation, a preparation process. And so if we go into the preparation process of Samuel, you will, you will start to really get into the understanding that Samuel had to train his spiritual ear to be able to listen to what God needed him to do or what God, who God needed him to be. And so there's a time in our lives where we need to take a step back and lie down and be able to discern what God is trying to say to us. Because too many people are listening to the external environment. Too many people are listening to people outside of their circle of, of, of influence. And that is, in fact, God should be in your circle of influence. And so you have people who begin something and never quite finish. You have people that get into things 
into business relationships that in fact end up not not being fulfilled and and you know seeing or lasting more than a time of a year because there was a lack of listening to god and so you have people that get into relationships that are not that they're not destined to be in and in fact they get engaged but never quite get married and so before they even got married that engagement was um was called off and so you have these false starts you have people that register at university to take on a certain degree that God never called them to even do and you get into the third year and just as as you're about to graduate things start going south and you start in fact not studying and what you end up doing is dropping out just as you are about to graduate you see there's a lot of people who have false starts you see people starting out careers and wanting to eventually become a CA. But as time goes on, as you become worn down, as you become tired of something that God didn't even call you to be. And so you start getting tired and you start having a false start and failing your board exams. And eventually you, you, you put away this dream of you becoming a CA simply because you were not called to be a CA, but you heard someone saying that CAs get uh, paid a lot of money. And so you went there and called yourself into an opportunity you were never even supposed to be in. And so you have a false start in your life because you never took the time to actually listen to what God is saying. The thing about false starts is it leaves you in a place of trying to go back and perfecting the process of what you're supposed to do. And that time could be the most difficult time or it could be the most beautiful time depending on the type of perspective that you have given that if you understand that you have had a false start and now here you are back at the starting line again here you are ready to start running this race again if you can sit down and really speak yourself into understanding what part of the process did you miss what part of the process did you actually jump and took shortcuts on you will actually go back to the starting line and and take the time to understand where in the process did you get things wrong what did you hear that sounded like god but in fact wasn't god that deterred you and distracted you from what was actually happening and so people who have had false starts in their lives in fact more than once have had distractions in their lives and they've had people coming into their lives and instead of focusing on the and the voice and the the call of God they focused on distractions and other things and they filled their lives with things and people that allow them to be distracted and so the number three represents divine wholeness and that the only reason you've been allowed to have false starts was to get you into this place of where you have hunger where you have hunger to really get running and really get into your race and so in this time of frustration you could choose to either be frustrated or you could choose to have faith in the process of what God is trying to do and that is for you to be perfected and for you to show up 
up in your divine wholeness and for you to have a sense of completedness in how you think and in what you perceive to be happening. And so there are times when we've been given opportunities to start again, to start afresh, to start at the beginning. And the question is, what will you do with your opportunity to start again? Because there are two options. The first option is for you to be disqualified. And when it comes to disqualification, it's one of those where because you choose not to listen on more than one occasion, you get disqualified, not because it is not your destiny, but because you chose not to have discernment and discipline to listen. And so I want to speak to people who lack discipline in listening. The discipline of listening has a lot to do with sitting still. It has a lot to do with not doing, but in fact, focusing on being. And so I speak a lot about this because not enough people understand the discipline of being, the discipline of not doing, because there's so much power in sitting still for God to be able to speak to you in a clear voice where you are able to hear what he has purposed for your life. There are a lot of people who create vision boards without vision from God himself. And so what you're actually doing is you're a blind person who is like Eli, whose eyesight has deteriorated, trying to bring into manifestation a vision that never even existed in, in God's vision of your life. And so what you end up with is a life that is full of disqualifications in positions, in roles that you were never even meant to be. And so your frustration of why things are not working out is in fact supposed to point you into a direction where you are supposed to have faith in who God is and what God can do in your life. And so when we start talking about discipline, there's a level of athleticism that requires the discipline for the athlete at the starting lineup to be still. And if you can think of any race that has ever been uh, started before the gun is sounded, there is a moment of silence in the stadium where everyone's eyes and ears and attention is focused on one thing, the sound of the gun. And so in that moment of silence, you could literally see the amount of focus in mindset, in thought, heart, in word, in everything that the athlete is doing at that starting line. You can almost see the athletes running the race before they actually run it. And so if you can think of yourself as the person at the starting lineup, you need to understand that you show up to the line as someone who has uh, per who is perfect, someone who is whole. And if you've gone through the process and if you've had the discipline to prepare, the only thing you need to do at that starting line is to listen and then you can run. There are some people 
at the starting line who in fact are not ready to run and that's okay those people need to go back home and go prepare and look at their process and question as to where did they go wrong there's a lot of there's a lot of skill that people think they can avoid in getting to the promise you cannot avoid the preparation process in fact the preparation and process are two separate things there's a process that you need to follow while you prepare if we go into how long it takes to even train for a season to be able to qualify from one from one race to the other there's so much work that you can learn just from the athletes that as believers we choose not to do there's so much work around writing around praying around meditating around reading around doing the work around just having the time to really understand what it is you're good at and and, and just getting to a level of mastery so that when you do get into that race your acceleration is faster than anyone else on the line because your process was something that forced you to get down to the principles of what it takes to defy even what is possible from a human mindset i mean when usain bolt uh, ran his 100 meters in i think um, nine seconds and in a couple nine point something seconds for me it was i couldn't even think about you know going to the microwave and putting something in for nine seconds and running to the other end of the of the house i wouldn't even cover that distance but the acceleration and what he was doing could happen because of the process that was backing him up and so for a lot of people get to their 30s and 40s and give up on themselves simply because they look at their age and they think that they cannot they cannot do the work that they're supposed to do and what you see is a lot of people disqualifying themselves and so i want to speak to people who who really need to understand that even jesus's you know jesus only got into ministry at the age of 30 and so let's first deal with let's let's deal with people in their 20s and i want you to know that in your 20s it is a time of perfecting the process this is training season the race hasn't even begun and so people think that in your 20s you have time to you know play and you have time to not wake up and go for practice you have time not to perfect the process you don't have that time this is a time when you need to be preparing this is a time where a lot of things are going to be perfected and it means that you're going to lose friends it means you're going to lose people that are not meant to be in your life it means that through this process of perfection there's going to be a lot of digging out that God is going to do in your life where you're going to have a lot of things leaving your life and so this time of your 20s is in fact your time of being perfected and your time of wholeness and so there are some people who didn't give this time 
to be whole and didn't give this time for God to perfect them. And so now they find themselves in their 30s and if you're in your 30s, having not gone through the process again, your 30s are another opportunity for you to get prepared and get into this process. Because guess what? Until God disqualifies you, the world has no right to disqualify you in your race. And so it is time for you to also get into the preparation and the process and understand how to perfect the process of your life. And so if it means you should start studying again, then you need to do that. If it means that you need to go, you know, register I mean, you've got people who've been given a word that they should be traveling the world, but they don't even have a passport. And so how is it that you're going to make the vision come manifest if you can't even, if you don't even have a passport? Some of you have been told to go overseas and you haven't gotten the visa. Some of you have been told to start the business and you keep freelancing instead of registering the business and formalizing it, creating a logo for it, having a website for it and start having handing out your business cards. And so a lot of people have disqualified themselves, not through what they tell you, but through their actions, because what you start seeing, if you, if you have a trained eye, you will start seeing that this person has disqualified themselves. And so I want to speak to the people who have also disqualified themselves and counted themselves out of the race, simply because they're not willing to, to go through the process and the miss and the miss um, the, 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 the misinformation that these people tell themselves is that the world is not giving them the opportunity or the world is not ready for what they have to offer. And that is misinformation because what you're telling us is that you've disqualified yourself because you're not willing to do the work. You've disqualified yourself because you're not willing to go through the process. And by the process, it requires you to go in depth as to what God called you to do. And if you start doing the work, God will tell you to start removing people. Have you removed those people? God will tell you you need to start um, going back to the people that you began with or the people that were able to mentor you, the people that were able to give you life. You need to go back to those people even though you wronged them. Apologize and start afresh. It means that you need to be willing to put down your ego and understand that in fact it is through your willingness to be empowered that you will be able to have the opportunity to run your race again. And so to the people that have disqualified themselves, I want you to go back and believe again. I need you to go back and have faith in God again. I need you to go back and speak yourself into a, a, a place of understanding that you are gifted. You need to go back to that time when God called you and said, you are going to be great. I need you to go back and go believe that call again because God did call you. God did call you. And so it's, 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 it, it happened. He did it. And so you need to believe it. He did call you. He, he, he did actually say your name and say you are called to be this person. And so do not give up because the world wants you to be disqualified. And so what I ended up watching in 2011 on that day in August was I watched Usain Bolt Dis be disqualified simply because he was he wasn't able to listen and so what i ended up watching was a race 
without the person who was supposed to win the race. And I ended up watching Johan Blake, who was someone that trained with Usain Bolt, win the race that Usain was supposed to win. And so watching Johan Blake win that, that, that event for me was something that was so powerful because I was like, I cannot run a race with people that I trained with and they win and I don't. I can't afford to do that because I know who I'm called to be. I know what God said I need to be. And so I need to have the discipline to believe in God. I need to have the discipline to roll up my sleeves and do the work because it is not in my acceleration in the race that will actually, that I will get the win. I will only get the win and the opportunity to be accelerated by God once I understand what to do at the beginning of the of of the starting line and even before that what happens during my time of being prepared and so the second thing i want to talk about is how disqualification in one race doesn't mean that you are disqualified from races that are coming and so what people do is they get disqualified. They become a Usain Bolt that got disqualified at the finals and they never show up for training again. They never show up for another event or anything else. They disappear off of the face of the earth and they minimize themselves to nothing because they are ashamed of what happened at the last event. And so I need to speak to these people because beyond just the people that spoke themselves out of disqualifying, we have people that are mocked and are called for doing great exploits, but they've spoken themselves out of even ever participating in anything where they could be seen because you know your own power. You know how powerful you are. You've seen the races on TV and you know that if you just showed up for training for just three months and you just showed up each and every single day, you would do something so great in that race but you refuse to even show up for practice. You refuse to commit to the process because you've been hurt. You've been disqualified once. You tried it. You tried it once. You tried it um, twice. You tried it three times and it didn't work. And so now you're tired. Now you've taken all your savings out of, out of the bank and you've put it into businesses that never worked. Now you've actually been engaged once or twice and it hasn't really gotten to the stage where you got married or you've been married and you've had to be divorced and now you're in another relationship and you're engaged and as you're about to in fact announce the date you find out that your husband your 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 fiance has just cheated on you and so it's hard for you to even commit again because you've you've been out of the feeling you've just felt the feeling of disappointment so many times that you don't want to try it again you've been able to 
register for your for for your semester you've been able to put together a bit of money for you to actually go back to school and you've gotten your your books you've gotten everything you need but then you start failing the tests and so before you know it you can't actually even qualify for exams and you're wondering should you even take the last bit of money and apply for the next semester i want to speak to the people that are speaking themselves out of their destiny, the people who have stopped believing, I need you to understand that if you can go back and lie down and just listen to what God has to say, the third time around, this is the last time that if God has been even whispering, he's giving you another opportunity to go back and 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 be in his presence again and God is going to do it but only if you have the discipline to go back and show up for practice and show up for the process and prepare and in fact in that stage of preparation and in that level of 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 God perfecting you and putting you through the process your promise is going to be manifest and so The last thing that I want to speak about is Samuel was not just called three times for anything. He was called because it formed a threefold relationship with God. And so what a lot of people don't understand is the reason why God will call you as many times as he has called you was because he was trying to build a relationship with you where you can show up and something doesn't happen the way you thought you would. You would go back and he would call you again. And so through that process, a threefold relationship was being formed with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so now you don't just know God And maybe you started off just knowing God at the beginning of your process. And in fact, what you st- what starts happening as life goes on is that you start getting in, in into, you start knowing God on a personal level. You start having a relationship with God. And so what you do is you end up growing, not just with the relationship with God, but the relationship with Jesus, your understanding of what Jesus means in your life and how Jesus has played a role in your life and understanding that when he opened up his arms on the cross, in fact, he was surrendering himself to show you that the greatest form of being able to win in any battle is is being able to surrender and open yourself up and surrendering to what is in fact going to be the biggest uh, win for God and the biggest loss for the world because you surrendered and so you get into a relationship as well with the Holy Spirit because the more you get disappointed in your life the more you have probably learned how to go back to your source how to go back to God and so the relationship that then forms is one that it, it it's a relate it's the type of relationship that it's going to take um, a lot for that bond to be taken away and so it is through that those those false starts that you start really getting into a relationship with God so that when the promise comes when the promise comes you have the holy trinity backing you in such a way that what you have 
is not going to be taken by man and in fact what you have is not going to be taken by anything or anyone because the 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 backing of the trinity is behind you and so the promise will forever be yours no matter what happens and so that is actually what happens through the you being called and they being false starts and now the third thing is Samuel was called to be able to receive a vision from God and so a lot of us haven't been able to clearly articulate or clarify what God wants us to do in our lives and that is okay but if you st- if you if you've gone through this processing of of you know false starts and having all sorts of things happen in your life when you get to this final stage of okay God I'm now listening if you sit still God will clarify for you the vision that you are meant to execute on the world. And it's the type of vision that will even give you goosebumps. And sometimes you might sit there and think, how is this going to happen? And and so what's interesting is that the vision that God gives Samuel is not something that is even easy to articulate because we are told that God tells Samuel that he is going to take down Eli's household. So Eli, his mentor, he's in fact going to take down everything in his household and he's going to punish his house. And so Eli shall not be, you know, atoned according to God. And so Samuel hears this vision which is difficult to even utter because the next day Eli asks him what vision did God give you and he has to articulate the vision and so sometimes what God has given you is not going to please the people around you what God has given you as a vision is not going to carry the the same amount of meaning that other people might hope it might for them and you need to be okay with obeying what God says you must do, whether people feel that it is the right thing or the wrong thing. It doesn't matter what other people have to say. It matters only what God has said over your life. And so sometimes the vision is something that is even scary to utter to other people. And so you need to have the confidence that you would have bred in the process to know that whatever God tells you, you need to obey. And so we are told at the end of the book of 1st Samuel chapter 3 that Samuel because he spoke about the, the 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 vision to Eli and was honest and truthful and didn't hide it God in fact established Samuel as a prophet and God appeared to 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 Samuel in Shiloh again and it says in verse 21, and the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And so we need to then understand through that word that God had resolved and everything had come full circle in that at the place of his 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 birth and at the place at which Hannah his mother had in fact given the promise to God about who Samuel would be at this place named Shiloh God used this very place and took Samuel back to this very place 
to establish him in the kingdom of God. And that is why his legacy as Samuel has reached into the year 2019. And we've got Bibles all around the world that have a, the book of 1 Samuel and the, and the book even of Second uh, um, Samuel. And so we understand that the type of legacy that Samuel has been given has reached into 2019 simply because he obeyed God's vision and he listened to God's call over his life. And so he was established at the point of where he was actually given the promise as a child. And so for the Bible to say, the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. It's actually saying to us that the revelation of who Samuel was called to be took a process through which he had to move out of home, be adopted into Eli's house, go through this, this process of being in the presence of God, arrive at the point of being able to discern that God was calling him, have the discipline to show up and minister, have the discipline to pray, have the discipline as a young person to have, to grow in the things of God. And what we know is that Samuel was even established as a prophet at a very young age. And so it doesn't matter how the world thinks certain people are qualified to be certain things. If you've done the work, if you're doing the work and you commit to the process and you commit to the preparation that it takes, you shall surely arrive at the promise. You shall surely receive and testify that the promise that God gave over your life through his vision has in fact become manifest. And so these are the lessons that we need to learn in Samuel's life around divine wholeness in having a threefold relationship with God through the process. Understanding that to be disqualified is not something that is real. It only happens if you haven't had the discipline. And it is even worse if you disqualify yourself because you've lost faith in what God has called you to in who God has called you to be. And the last thing is you will be given a vision that might even be scary to speak about, but it is your duty to obey and speak of what you've been told and what has been placed in your heart. And if, if you follow these principles, it doesn't matter how many false starts you've had, you will go on to run the race of life and we will see you accelerate at a pace that we've never seen anyone accelerate and you will break world records in things that were never thought possible by someone who has the background that you have. You will break the rules of what, of what the world thought was possible by man by simply accelerating through what is, is thought to be something that is impossible you will set world records. You will be the standard at which things are done. You will go on and have great exploits and your name will be known around the world if you commit to the process, if you commit to the preparation to get to the promise. Only if you commit. And if you don't, you will have 
yet another false start and this time around you will be disqualified and you will watch as other people that were on your team that you trained with go on to win a race normally and you will see them go on to win a race that you were meant to break a record in. Do not let this happen to you. Do not let this, do not let the world get to you. You're at the starting line. Put your head down, focus, and have the discipline to listen to when the gun goes off, to when God speaks. And when that time comes, go. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of The Download. False starts are something that is a reality for everyone and they're unavoidable. But what makes the difference is the people who decide that they are going to recommit to the process. They're going to recommit to believing in their dreams again. And when you do that, I think you can look forward to running the race of your life with the type of of certainty that you will surely win. You will surely reach the end of your life and look back and be proud of the work that you put in. And I pray that this week you may apply this download. You may actually look at each and every single area of your life where you had disqualified yourself and, and get into a position where you want to believe that things are possible for you again. And I will say that I look forward to truly hearing your thoughts on this on this download and I and I really would love to hear you know your what you're taking from this and if something that you know came up that you know maybe that I didn't cover or think about I would love to hear your thinking and your perspective so please share it um share it on the on the website because every episode is now posted with uh, some notes if there's something that you pick up that is you know a fresh perspective I'd love to hear it and what this means for your life you know are you are you did you just have a false start are you running the race after a false start where are you in in your own life and if you can share that experience it would be really great to have a conversation around more so, I would love to also say, you know, please subscribe to the channel. And if you can be so kind, rate this podcast. Give it five stars if you're on whatever platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts. Give those stars, please. Because the more you actually rate it, the more accessible the podcast becomes. Um, and it actually reaches a larger audience. Thank you so much for listening. And I think I will say... Remember to stay in your lane and keep journeying towards transcending to the highest expression of yourself. Remember, the world needs it. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time on Life with Tata, the podcast.